and welcome to Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information around the Washington National Guard. I'm Sarah Morris, and on today's episode, Jason and I sit down with Colonel James Perrin, the commander of the 81st Striker Brigade Combat Team. In this episode, we focus on the year ahead for many of the 81st members, with multiple mobilizations coming up while still maintaining a large presence in our state COVID response missions. Enjoy. Be sure to follow us on social media. Stay up to date on all the cool events, stories, photos, and videos happening around the Washington National Guard. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hi, send us a DM, PM, tweet at us, whatever, and we'll answer you. We also love to share and collaborate. Send us the photos or videos you take at Drill or AT, and we'll tag you. Are you an active Instagrammer? Well, you might be a perfect candidate to take over our account. Send us a message, and we'll set something up. To find us, do a search for WA National Guard. That's WA National Guard, and look for the blue check mark. Bigfoot country is earthquake country. If an earthquake were to happen right now, what would you do? When you feel the ground shaking, drop, cover, and hold on. Do not run or you may be injured by things falling. Remember, if you are near the ocean, the ground shaking is your warning that a tsunami may be coming. After the shaking stops, move to high ground and stay there. Make sure to listen to local emergency officials. Have enough supplies to be self-sufficient for two weeks after a disaster. For more information about earthquakes in Washington, visit mill.wa.gov preparedness. Hello and good morning. Um, this is Sarah and I'm here with Jason. Hello. And Glad we are here. talking to Colonel James Perrin and he's the uh, brigade commander for the 81st striker brigade combat team. So sir, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. Like you said, I'm Colonel Jim Perrin. Uh, happy to be here this morning. The, uh, I took command about three months ago, I guess in December, 2020, uh, but I've been in the brigade for a long, long time. So it really, I've been in the Washington state for about 10 years and the majority of that time has been in the 81st brigade, whether it was an armor brigade combat team or now a striker brigade combat team. Uh, prior to this, I was the deputy commander, uh, executive officer, and then I commanded third battalion, 161st infantry. So I, I live in Washington state, uh, up north of Seattle with uh, a wife and two kids and life is pretty good. Awesome. So today we're going to do an update. So we talked to Colonel Sellers and Sergeant Major Richardson, I want to say last summer to get sort of a overarching view of what the brigade is and does. And so today we want to focus more on these upcoming mobilizations that the brigade will be participating in. So what all, I mean, within reason and OPSEC, what all is, is on the horizon for the 81st? Yeah, the, the 81st has a, a busy calendar year coming up, and it, and then we're really coming out of a historic time in the Army National Guard where we've been heavily committed uh, in the you know, defense support to civil authorities type missions, and uh, hundreds of volunteers have, have supported the uh, COVID-19 related taskings, the, the, the food banks, the vaccination sites, the, the COVID mapping. And so and now we move and we continue to sustain that sort of high level of op tempo moving forward and then we are on the verge of mobilizing the brigade headquarters 
uh, to deploy to Ukraine to assume the joint multinational training group Ukraine mission, which is really a sort of advise and assist mission working with the armed forces of Ukraine to build their security capacity. And then simultaneously to that, we're pushing Task Force uh, 3rd Battalion 161st Infantry down to the National Training Center uh, so they can execute training rotation 2105 and build their collective proficiency so they can mobilize and deploy to Poland to serve as NATO's uh, battle group Poland force. And then subsequent to that, later in the summer, we're going to do that again with Task Force 1st Battalion 185th Infantry out of California, our California Infantry Battalion. Uh, and they're going to do the same thing, go to a National Training Center rotation, this time 21.8.5, and then they will subsequently go through a pre-mobilization training plan so that they can replace uh, Task Force 3 of the 161 as the battle group Poland in 2022. So do the Ukraine mission and the Poland mission, do they talk to each other at all? Or are they completely separate missions? So by and large, they're separate missions. So that, for example, the brigade headquarters deployed to Ukraine will not be in charge of in any way or have any sort of command and control relationship with the battalion task force that's in Poland. But we work for the same higher organization and there's plenty of opportunities to sort of coordinate and communicate and hopefully I get a chance to sort of visit brigade soldiers over in Poland as they go through. It's kind of, there's a lot of synergy in the kinds of things that we're doing in the sense that uh, in Ukraine, we're advising, assisting uh, the armed forces of Ukraine and sort of their establishment of a combat training center. This has been going on since 2016. And uh, so we participate in a number of their battalion and and brigade rotations through that training center, but we also participate in a, in a number of large-scale European multinational exercises. And in the battle group Poland's case, they they do a lot of similar activities. They're they're there as part of uh, you know signaling of United States commitment to NATO and our, our allies and partners in the region. Uh, and while they're there, they get an opportunity not only to do a ton of individual and collective training. Uh, but to participate in some of those large scale multinational exercises where uh, and so to the extent that those overlap, we'll have we'll have opportunities to coordinate and talk. Um, you said uh, the 81st uh, HQ is going to go to Ukraine for like an advise and assist uh, role. Um, so is there different? I guess I guess is there is there different levels? I mean, since it's going to be a headquarters element, are you guys advising and assisting a headquarters element over there or are you guys? Um, just going to train lower echelon. I don't so know if I'm asking the right question. No, <laughs> I know what you're getting at, though. It's, it's kind of a mix. Um, so we're helping them to establish this combat training center. So think in our context, at least in the United States military, of this sort of national training center. Not that that's necessarily what we're trying to establish in Ukraine, but that's the kind of that's kind of the model for the training center that we were helping them to establish. And it, like I said, it's already underway. So we're really just continuing those efforts to build the combat training center. Um, so in that context, there's a number of different levels that we operate on. We have 
uh, a set of essentially battalion advisors that don't necessarily work with the rotational unit itself, but advise the observer controller trainers or the observer coach trainers that that advise the rotational unit. Uh, we have a set of brigade observers that do the same thing at the brigade level. And then we have an entire uh, separate element called the ops group that helps uh, the combat training center with the sort of exercise design exercise the joint exercise life cycle if you will of sort of planning execution and, and sort of uh, closing out that rotation with the after action reports and, and then moving on to the next rotation coming up uh, so it's across a whole swath of sort of every everything that's involved in, in a deploying unit going to a national training center rotation that's kind of what we're advising the armed forces of ukraine with with the combat training center there uh, and then in addition, it, it's it's certainly a different model than we have at the National Training Center, but we have opportunities to push out sort of mobile training teams to assist rotational units with their sort of home station training so they can enter into this combat training center at a higher level of, of proficiency. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And so did you guys have to do any special training to prepare for this? Like, did you have to send a bunch of soldiers to OCT training to get certified or is there anything you had to do yeah. to prepare? Yeah, absolutely. And it and it's been, you know, everything's a little more challenging in the COVID-19 environment. So we've been working through how to exactly get after that. Ideally, units have been able to rotate through Germany on their way to Ukraine and kind of work with the personnel that, at the Joint Multinational Readiness Center in Germany and get that training in person. What we've done is sort of, a, we've had to be aggressive about how to get after the same training requirements in a virtual environment. So we've set up uh, observer, coach, trainer, academy style uh, training events here virtually. Uh, we're gonna do some more when we get on the ground at Fort Bliss, which is where we mobilize uh, or get the units stood up to, to deploy. Um, we've done a, a number of, exercise planning style courses. So uh, courses that focus on how to plan these large scale uh, multinational exercises and, and manage the, like I said, the joint exercise life cycle. Uh, so everything from the you know initial planning conference to the main planning conference, a final planning conference, and then execution and AAR on, on the back end. And then uh, after all of that's complete, managing the lessons learned process uh, so that the the data that's gathered during the course of a rotation can be accumulated, analyzed, and then distributed uh, within Armed Forces Ukraine. Okay, Six, yeah, that makes sense. Similar question to the other one. Um, three of the 161 in, in, in Poland, what's their uh, training going to be like with the, uh, the, the Polish military? So it, it, well, it's it's an interesting mix. So they they have uh, their their pre-mobilization training requirements are different. It's very much a a battalion task force deploying uh, to and achieve uh, sorry developing a certain amount of collective proficiency at the national training center uh, that will largely prepare them to deploy to Poland. And then when they get on the ground there, yeah, absolutely, they're they're part of a multinational. Uh, division 
they will then themselves be a, as a battalion task force a multinational battalion task force so and I, i'm hopefully i don't leave anyone out but they will incorporate elements from croatia romania the united kingdom uh, so it's going to be an incredible experience for the individual soldier to sort of begin to understand how to build rapport and work with foreign forces uh, and then work within a multinational division and headquarters. So they they have a relationship with the Polish, I believe, uh, a Polish mechanized brigade and then fall under a NATO multinational division. Uh, and so there you know, opportunities to work with foreign forces abound. And, and I think it'll be a really memorable and developing experience for all the soldiers to get to participate. Yeah, I'll bet. I'm jealous. I want to go. Oh, yeah. No, it, it sounds like the coolest mission you could you could hope to execute is a I, I keep telling the battalion commander that uh, if he feels like he doesn't want to go, I'll take his job. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they? What are some of the soldiers talking about? Do you, do you, do you hear? Are they excited or? Um, oh, you know, it's funny. It, again, back to the challenges of, of training up for this in the COVID-19 environment, we uh, we haven't really had a chance, at least within the brigade headquarters, to, to get the soldiers together until the annual training period that we just entered into. And it was kind of some risk we accepted that, that some of the missions we were supporting, specifically the COVID-19, but also the defense support to civil authorities in the urban areas of Washington, uh, we accepted some risk and sort of not doing large scale brigade level training exercises just because uh, a lot of our soldiers were committed to other efforts. And so we knew we kind of if we blocked off this annual training period and really focused in the training, uh, we could get after what we needed to do in order to get overseas. Uh, but the and so I think generally there's morale's pretty high just because everybody's happily to happy to finally see uh, the people they're going to deploy with in person uh, after like six months of sort of virtual meetings. And so that's been great. Uh, I think there's a lot of excitement for the mission. It's a unique mission. Both both missions are very unique missions from the, you know, we have kind of gotten into that battle rhythm of, uh, of mobilizing and deploying to OIF in, in Iraq and or at least the CENTCOM AOR. And now we have an opportunity to kind of do something totally different in a, a different part of the world, uh, it should offer opportunities to not only, you know, great military experiences in terms of, of broadening and, and getting to see some different kinds of things that you don't normally see in your military career, uh, but there's a ton of, of personal development that's going to be going on as the soldiers get the opportunity, hopefully uh, COVID permitting, get the opportunity to travel a little bit in the local area uh, and see, you know, culture and sights and sounds that they otherwise would probably never get an opportunity to see. So there, I think within the brigade headquarters, there's there's generally a lot of excitement. There's a lot of, it's a different mix because we've got a lot of senior people and then a lot of young soldiers in, in a small formation. And uh, senior people kind of know the drill and are just excited to see a different part of the world. There's definitely some nervousness on the part of young soldiers as they, they get ready for their first mobilization and deployment. Um, and then uh, the battalion is about the same way. I think, you know, we've had these missions on the horizon now for I feel like it's been almost five years. And so everybody's generally understood for a long time that they're going on these missions. And uh, I, I think it's, like I said, a combination of excited and nervous. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I, uh, 
it's 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 very unique and it's it's a, it's a very unique like in in regards to um you know how we've been deploying over the last several decades or several decades now a couple of decades but uh yeah it's it's definitely a, a change of pace for our organization i'm excited for you guys yeah no i see it's going to be and I, I keep talking to general dent about this but i think it's an, an extraordinary opportunity for the washington army national guard as a whole because we're going to take the brigade headquarters overseas we're going to take this battalion task force to poland and and the experiences they get just in terms of, of the ability to train hard for for almost a year, uh, the opportunity to participate in all the plan and participate in all these multinational exercises, uh, work with foreign forces, see kind of up close and personal all this equipment that we've generally only seen in pictures because a large number of the countries that we'll, we'll be working with use, you know, the T-72s, the T-62s, the, the BMPs, all these kind of vehicles that we've always sort of looked at in pictures and had to understand their capabilities. Now we'll actually get to, you know, potentially ride on them. <laughs> and uh, so it's gonna be a neat, they're gonna gather all this experience, this wealth of knowledge of having worked and operated in a foreign country, and they're gonna bring that all back and then as we sort of you know matriculate throughout the washington army national guard post deployment uh, that wealth of experience and knowledge is going to be distributed as well and in my assessment it will sort of elevate the entire washington army national guard in a really productive way so we're, we're pretty excited about it that actually perfectly segues into my question which is having the opportunity to work uh with multinational troops on uh, special different equipment and then also in the training center environment will certainly set both the brigade element and the battalion task force element up for uh, a future of training within the Washington Army National Guard. So is there any plans for when you return to sort of develop a way to use all of that great training that you'll have developed throughout your uh, deployments and then um, incorporate that back into the Washington Army National Guard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, one of my pet projects, I mean, one of the great, probably the only great thing about COVID-19 is, is the ability uh, or the capability that we've established to communicate uh, across vast distances with video and voice in, in a really effective way. And so one of my pet projects is to absolutely try to conduct leader professional development sessions from Europe back to our units in the state. So we have the opportunity to sort of share immediate lessons learned uh, that we're gathering in theater with with our counterparts back here in Washington. And I, I should also mention California and Oregon because we're distributed across three states. Um, in addition to that, though, uh, we have the opportunity, I mean, it, you know, as you think about sort of how you learn and develop as a, as a leader and as a soldier in, in the Army, uh, you know, the best way to learn is probably by doing. Well, the next best way to learn is to, to observe others doing and, and sort of help them to get better. But in the process, you really develop yourself. And so in the case of the brigade headquarters, uh, you know, we're going to get the opportunity to witness four or five rotational units move through the combat training center. And then, and as I've mentioned before, all the multinational exercises 
so the leaders will have seen a wealth of uh, rotations move through and, and all of the lessons learned will sort of certainly make them better and and I would expect at least on the individual level level that they come back and integrate that into the training they plan and conduct back here uh, and then in the case of of the battle group Poland they're going to do sort of training at the collective level that we never really get to achieve in the Army National Guard. They already have, having gone to the National Training Center prior to deployment, they'll already be at a level that we usually don't achieve until we mobilize. And then they get the opportunity to hone that over an additional year of training in Poland. And there's a ton of individual opportunities as well. As, so, you know, they're going to try to do every sort of I mean, I think to quote the battalion commander, I think he was looking to make sure that every soldier came back with as many individual badges and tabs as he could earn while deployed or she could earn while deployed. Uh, so there's and there's plenty of opportunities to plug into those kinds of things, uh, but they're going to achieve a higher level of collective proficiency than we ever normally do in the Army National Guard. And it's it's one of those things where as the soldiers participate that in that and the leaders participate in that. Um, they begin to see, they have a much firmer idea of what right looks like, if you will, for, for training in a, an army unit. And they will bring that back and absolutely implement that in the brigade. So, I mean, I will have, you know, leaders that have participated in multiple company live fire exercises. And so as you bring them back and we ask them to sort of do things like squad and platoon level live fire exercises, well, that's a wealth of knowledge of just kind of, hey, here's how we did it in country. Let's apply these kind of principles to what we're doing uh, for these smaller level ranges. And I think we're going to see a huge boost in just the sort of understanding uh, how we plan and execute training in the formation. And they'll have the opportunity to see how other countries perform those tasks as well, right? Which I think is one of the most interesting things about multinational training. Yeah, absolutely. And and just it's going to be cool to see them work through one of the biggest problem sets we have to work through both in, in terms of the brigade headquarters uh, and for the battle group is is interoperability. It's, it, it's the biggest challenge that NATO forces face overseas is really you know, you've got all these multinational elements on the ground. Now, how do they communicate with one another? Uh, and so whether that's via different communication systems or actually, you know, in, you know, liaison officers that are positioned within the different forces, um, they have to work through that problem set of how they communicate and fight as, as a whole. Uh, and, and all of that effort, while maybe not directly applicable to what it is that we do in the Army National Guard, all of that effort at sort of working through how do we clearly communicate with forces uh, will be value added when they bring it back here. For sure. My favorite thing about ever doing a multinational exercise is definitely like as a PAO, I get to sort of sit back and take in all of the different approaches that everybody everybody takes and there's definitely like each country not only has their own communications technique, but they also have their own style on how they attack the, the problem ahead. And it's always the most fascinating thing to me is to see how they work through the objective in such a different way. And it's like we're probably all taught these same basic principles of infantry tactics and and things like that. But then to watch how they process that and then attack an objective, uh, especially within a training exercise, to me is always the most fun and interesting thing to observe. Yep. 
In a lot of ways, it's, you know, it forces us on one level to sharpen our own understanding of doctrine because it's one thing to be able to sort of execute uh, a mission or a task in accordance with U.S. doctrine the way we generally understand it, but it's an entirely different thing to try to explain that doctrine in clear terms to, a, to a, you know, a foreign counterpart. Uh, and then the same thing, it's the, exactly what you said, the opportunity to exchange ideas about how we get after a particular problem set with with forces that may look at it uh, through a slightly different lens. That's uh, all, I mean, it, it is, I like, I'm getting excited talking about it because it's just a cool thing that I remember working through back as a, you know, lieutenant when I was in Bosnia or working with Egyptian forces in, in Operation Bright Star. I mean, this is, those were all formative experiences in my own career. And so I'm kind of really excited that our junior leaders get that opportunity in their careers. For sure. Jason, do you have anything else? I, I, I kind of do, but I don't know if, it, if it's really relevant. So if you want, you can cut it out of the uh, final. Thank you for that verbal cue, Jason. I yes. appreciate you. Yeah. Um, but uh, both Ukraine and Poland have other uh, state partners in the National Guard. Um, California is partnered with Ukraine and Illinois is partnered with Poland. And I'm wondering, Thinking, you know, from our perspective on how we partner with Thailand and Malaysia and seeing the things that we've done in the past, going over there with all these different SMEs and engagements. I wonder if you if you guys have spoken to or talked with anybody from those other states about going to those other countries that you're, because they've, they've spent, you know, some time with, with their uh, respective countries. Yeah, absolutely. So the, uh, in the case of California's partnership with Ukraine, we we definitely we have the benefit of having one of our battalions headquartered in California, so that gave us a sort of instant route to to pursue sort of opening the dialogue with California about hey, what do you guys know about this mission? What do you know about sort of living and operating in Ukraine? Uh, their their actually their S three is or I, get, I think he's their XO now, is actually Ukrainian. So uh, he was a wonderful source and came out and sort of gave us his understanding after having been in Ukraine for over a year of kind of how uh, things operate within the armed forces of Ukraine. Uh, so that gave us a tremendous amount of insight, uh, insight early on as we were sort of working through what this mission looked like. Uh, and, and we will be in dialogue with California throughout because I, I think in that, Ultimately, when you look at the Joint Multinational Training Group Ukraine, it's a security cooperation mission. And so it, it does fall uh, along similar lines as sort of the state partnership program. And I could easily see, you know, an opportunity down the road where sort of you, California picks up the effort as, as the Joint Multinational Training Group uh, concludes. So we will probably be working with California throughout. In the case of Poland, it's interesting. We're, we're replacing an Illinois brigade combat team in Ukraine. <laughs> so we, we have been in dialogue with uh, Illinois, mostly about Ukraine, uh, a little less about uh, Poland, only because this mission is sort of, their mission, the Battle Group Poland mission, is a little more distinct from the state partnership program in the sense that it's, it's very much a, a NATO-driven uh, deterrent presence in Poland. Uh, it's traditionally been owned by a striker battalion task force, although there was a portion of time where they rotated an ABCT, a Tennessee Army National Guard um, 
ACR into that role, but predominantly it's been either 2CR, uh, which is a, a striker cav regiment headquartered in Germany, has taken most of the rotations for this battle group. And so, and we're replacing the striker battalion task force there. So it's it's been more sort of direct coordination with the 2nd Cavalry Regiment uh, than anything uh, with respect to that one. Okay. Well, I guess it was relevant then. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and then, you know. It was definitely relevant. I'll keep it in, I'll keep it in. <laughs> in a sense, I mean, feel free to edit, please. But <laughs> but uh, in a sense, when you look at uh, Poland, I mean, the U.S. presence there is, is increasing significantly. So it's, it's kind of changing the dynamics, I suppose, a little bit. I don't understand as much about the state partnership program uh, that Illinois enjoys with Poland, but but with the uh, division headquarters there and now a core headquarters standing up in Poland, it's it certainly sort of changed the dynamic of how, how things are unfolding there. Awesome. Well, I don't have any more questions uh, unless you do, Jason. Okay, so sir, we would love to open the floor to you if you have anything you wanna make sure you add or if we forgot something. I don't think we've forgotten anything. It's just, it's an exciting time to be in the brigade. And I think uh, soldiers are going to work through a lot of challenges over the next 15 months, well, really 24 months to include Task Force 185th. Uh, but it's going to be an incredible, rewarding, incredibly rewarding experience. And uh, like I've said before, they're going to get to see a part of the world they probably normally wouldn't get to see and do a ton of stuff in their military career that they otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to do. So we're excited about it and, and happy to be uh, entering into the execution stage of this after talking about it for five years and then we'll be happy to get back and reintegrate into the washington army national guard and and continue to do great things awesome well thank you so much for joining us this morning we really appreciate it and i'll be there to photo